So uh, pleasant good evening to our Q95 listeners at home and abroad. It is great to be back with you for another episode of Roots Connections on Q right here on Q95, the big station. We are grateful for our Dominicans, our friends of Dominica, and our adopted Dominicans who take time out of their busy schedules to share their expertise and experiences as we address topics of national and personal importance. So as we all know, uh, September is right around the corner. So that means it is back to school. It is the season for back to school in Dominica and most of the world, except if you live here in Georgia, where we went back to school the first week of August. <laughs> so in Georgia and the South, we do things differently. We go back to school the first week of August, which is still technically summer, but for the rest of the world, including Dominica, the school season reopens in September. And for many of us, that means our children are getting ready to head back to school. We as adults, we may be getting ready to head back to college or maybe a professional training program. So the questions we are looking at today are with so many Dominican households already struggling to meet basic expenses. I heard today again the gas prices have gone up in Dominica. Uh, dumb like electricity, everything is on the rise in Dominica. So in this tough economic times, how are our Dominican households uh, making ends meet and financing supplies, the tuition and everything that our children need to return to school. So we're going to look at financing education at every level. So we're going to look from, you know, the primary school level all the way to the college level. And we are joined by our panel this evening. Uh, Miss Luana Laura from Finance Focus could not be with us this evening, but we have the honor of having Dr. Randy Glean. We also have Miss Melissa Brown and we have Mr. Felix Thomas uh, Jr. joining us for this very important question. So how are you financing your education? Of course, if you're joining us on the Facebook Live, YouTube Live, as well as calling in on the radio station, we want to hear from you as well on this very important um, conversations. And are there some funding options that you may not have considered? So this is why our experts are here with us to potentially tell us for, about some financial options you may not have considered for financing your education as well as your children's education. So again, this is episode number 31 of Roots Connections on Q for today, August 24th, 2022, and I am your host, Simone Matthew. Um, if you're joining us on Facebook and YouTube, we say good evening to you. And if you're listening via the radio, but you want to get in on our very engaging and passionate um, Facebook Live conversation, you can always join us on Q95 FM Radio, as well as Push Past 10, and on YouTube, on Q95 FM radio. And I see that the Facebook folks are already coming in. David Joseph, great to see you. He says, greetings and good night to each and everyone. Looking forward to another great program. So don't forget, as you come in, share the live. Let everyone know that we are here. So let us welcome our panel. They've all been with us to 
uh, before, and we are truly grateful again that they take time off of their busy schedules to make a contribution to our program. So we will have them unmute their mics and go ahead and introduce themselves and just kind of tell us a little bit about their experiences and expertise. So, of course, we must start ladies first. Uh, Melissa Brown, you can go ahead. Thank you. Um, as you know, again, thank you. First of all, let me say thank you, Simone, for um, another opportunity to be on um, this program. Um, I am, of course, Miss Melissa Brown. I am firstly a mother, a single female parent. I am a single female parent ambassador, firstly. I am trained in psychology, so I can be termed counselor, therapist, whatever you would like to. I prefer life coach because um, I cover an array of um, issues um, that come with life. Um, I am a founder, an NGO founder, women of unique distinction geared towards single female parents and their children. Um, in 2018, we uh, established a new program, an agricultural entrepreneurship program, which seeks to use agriculture as a form of entrepreneurship for single female parents. We also deal with their charges, their children, where we offer after school extracurricular activities. So not just education, but across the board, pan, um, music, different um, arts, you know. I am also, I have my own practice. We focus on um, individual counseling, um, couples counseling, anything to do with mental health, um, consultation. It's called Abyssinian Brown and Associates. And lastly, well, I hope lastly, <laughs> I am also the um, executive producer and the host of a traveling TV show our story highlighting social issues across the Caribbean. Um, so we are now currently here in Dominica. We are airing in on Digicel and also um, on Gael in Trinidad and across the Caribbean on Saturdays at 12.30. So I will stop there with who I am, but most importantly, I'm, import I'm most proud about me being a parent. Yes, and, and I can already tell that based on your experiences and your expertise, you will have a lot to contribute to the program. Uh, Dr. Glenn, let's go over to you. Hi, thank you, Simone, and good night, everyone. Yes, um, I'm Randy, and I have been in this world of uh, international student services and education for most of my life, almost 30 years. And I am currently the Associate Vice President for Global Studies at Western Illinois University in Macomb, Illinois, a few hours away from Chicago. And I have been to Dominica many times, a Grenadian mother, but I am an adopted Dominican from Bathurst State. And of <laughs> course, and of course, um, you know, I have had hundreds of students from Dominica and around the Caribbean, that number would be very close to 2000 now that I've helped place in about seven different universities over the years. So happy to join you for this discussion. Yes, thank you very much. And Mr. Felix Thomas, over to you. Yes, thank you um, for having me here as well, Simone. Mm -hmm. um, I am Felix Thomas, I'm a financial planner. I mainly work with families who have young kids. So I do specialize with um, 
helping families to save um, and invest for their kids' education. Um, I've been doing it for seven years now. Um, I recently became a dad. My beautiful, yeah, my beautiful daughter is now 17 months. You know, I'm obsessed with her, and she's an amazing um, baby, full of energy and beautiful like myself and her mom. Okay. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, oh, thank you, thank you. Appreciate that. Um, I would like. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to the show to um, sharing what. Um, I actually help my clients with mm -hmm. as well as far as I'm um, saving for their kids' education. Mm -hmm. And um, I can even give some of my own stories as to, you know, like how I went forth with my own education as well, mm -hmm. you know, in funding and so forth. So, yeah. Yes, thank you. And I think and I think what we will discover, because, you know, Randy, we go back like 30 something years. I think what we're going to discover is what were the options back then have changed because, you know, for example, and I'm getting ahead of myself because I think this is such a great conversation we're about to have. For example, when I first went to college in the U.S., I was able to get a job immediately. As soon as I landed, I got a job the next day. And I, I'm guessing that is probably no longer the option that campus jobs are probably a little bit more challenging to come by. But again, I'm getting ahead of myself. So let me kind of backtrack a little bit. So as always, we're grateful for Mr. G and the Q95 radio station for the opportunity to come together here every second and fourth Wednesday to tap into our human resources um, at home and abroad just to talk about topics of national and put, uh, personal importance. We are thankful for, I'm assuming Lambie will join us a little later to help us with the phone calls and showing Norris. We're also grateful for you and we say good evening for you for keeping us connected uh, to Q95. So I like to think of this program as our very first step in reversing the brain drain that has plagued Dominica and the Caribbean because now we have those of us who have left and are now willing to contribute back to our island and contribute back to our Caribbean region so that we can help with changes. Every field is changing. And so we can help to um, guide our Dominican brothers and sisters at home and abroad with these changes. But we can also show them the potential for financial benefits. So we look at every field, every sector from agriculture to education to money and banking to culture to see where are the opportunities for financial gain in this industry. So again, we want to thank the panel. We want to thank you on the Facebook Live. I see Dorian Dorival says, good evening. Greetings to you all. Um, Auntie Hummy is always there with us. She says, good evening, Dr. Matthew and guests. I'm listening. So again, great to have you guys on. Share the live as you come on in. And let's jump right into the conversation. So I think it is very important to kind of get the scope of the issue that we are talking about this evening, the challenges many families are facing with funding education for their children as well as parents who are looking to advance their education. So Melissa, I'd like to start with you um, this evening because you know, you're on the ground in Dominica, so, so you can give us a better sense of what is the situation um, you are seeing in Dominica. I was very thankful for this opportunity because um, I do have an NGO. I listed all my um, qualifications. I listed everything. But at the 
present moment, I am on the ground literally because of social issues and school is starting. And as a foreigner here, um, I myself have been affected and, and, and I, um, I guess I'm trying to find, I am in that position where I need to find avenues outside of money to get my children to school as a foreigner. Um, in April of this year, I um, took a bus from Trafalgar to my home. When I got home, I realized that my, my satchel with my passport, my daughter's passport, my son's passport was gone, along with $400. I called the person and I, I said, hey, I think I, my, my satchel would have slipped out in your bus. Could you um, come back and drop it? Can you check? And he said, um, well, I can't right now because I'm laying down. Um, I'll check it in the morning. I said, okay, um, I can't force him. So I called him very early. When I called him, he said, um, oh, I haven't checked yet. I think after six, seven o'clock. As I hung up the phone, I got a text me message saying I didn't get that. So I was forced to just accept the fact that my passports were gone. Um, my documents were gone. I have no use for the money in the, in the, the parcel. So since then, I've been um, a foreigner in this country since April till now, trying to sort out my IDs, the average cost to get home on a one way for myself, it's almost 2,000 EC dollars. I have two that's children, to to that's to get to Trinidad on a one way. I have two children, my two children attend Dominican primary schools, which starts on September 5th. The cheapest flight out of Dominica leaves on September 10th. Now that puts me in a pickle because how am I going to get my children to school and get to Trinidad as a foreigner? Now, I, it's not that I have not reached out to the proper, um, the proper avenues. I've even spoken to my minister in Trinidad who um, allowed me to realize that there is a consulate in, in Dominica for Trinidad. Now, I've lived abroad and I've had to interact with the consulate in the U.S. before and I was able to um, receive a passport in the U.S. from the consulate by them just taking my, my birth certificate to verify if I am indeed a Trinidadian and then a document was issued to me. I am in Dominica. I am in Dominica present, uh, presently, and there is a consulate I have contacted, and they're telling me that there's nothing they can do. Now, those are social issues that affect my ability to get my children to school. Now, if there's no intervention there, now my children will start to look like they're neglected. Yeah? I want to share this because this is what single female parents go through. Oh, absolutely, maybe, and that's, maybe just, a, not that's just, just a case scenario yes. of what... Yes, As, and some of the what, people go through in Dominica. Exactly on the ground. So I'm always thankful when I have these opportunities to become like a Dominican in essence, so that I, when I speak, I'm speaking truth. I'm not speaking secondary information here, right? So I'm saying at this present time, if I am to show you, this is my document that I was given from the police department. 
stating everything that was stolen, everything, everything. And then they had the nerve to, to, to insinuate that they do not know if what I am saying is true. And so therefore, an investigation needs to be done before anything at all, any help. I was given this document from immigration that does not serve me at all because it says in French and in English, certificate of identify, meaning this should be able to identify me as Melissa Brown. So when I have my person, my mother who takes care of myself and my children when things are not going well because of course i have clients when my clients cancel and i have no money i can call my mother and she can definitely send a dollar for me now when i'm in a country and i have to wait until september 10th to get to my country so that i can get an identification that allows me to collect money from my mother to get my children to school that is a social issue. Now, this is just my issue. What else are women, single female parents, going through at this present time that have them pulling their hair out? How am I going to get my child to school? So, yes, we can talk about all the other avenues that you can go to the bank, you can do this, you can do that. But what happens to the woman who doesn't have those avenues who has no avenue at all and must just sit down and rely on a government to assist here so that i can take care of my children and i can send them to school these are yeah, things that also affect the child because a situation does not just affect a mother it affects the child who under try, trying to figure out and and i, I don't i made so many notes about the time frame and where children are at two to seven mentally and trying to figure out okay they can't think like us so when he my son cannot get to school on time he's thinking oh will i ever get to school they do not have the ability and capacity to separate and know chronology and how things are going to play out beginning to end they don't know the middle so being a mother that is going through a social issue you also thankfully i have the tools to manage myself so that it does not affect the children but what about the mothers and fathers out there that do not have the tools to navigate number one and number two do not have the tools to manage their own anger in the situation of getting their child back to school because we like to think education is free but it's not because if i have to buy school books if i have to buy uniform if i have to ensure that all these things are there in order to access education then we need to stop the line stop re stop saying education is free yeah, and I think, and I think, uh, Melissa, you've already highlighted many important points, especially the social issues that hinder um, parents' ability to fully engage in their children's education. So I want to say we are truly um, sorry to hear that you're going through this situation, but we want to thank you for being very strong, especially for your children as you continue 
to work towards figuring out how your children will go to school um, this year. And this raises a very just important question second, that I want to bring. Just, one second, not just for me. I am the founder of Women of Unique Distinction. If, if I buckle under pressure, there are women that are looking at me now, quietly, not just in Dominica, but in Trinidad, in my country. And if I buckle under pressure, they will feel and know that there is no hope for them. So it is more of voicing what's going on so that we can let the, the, those that are in power, those that can make a difference, can say, hey, listen, single female parents are not useless. We contribute to society and we need to be seen as such. That is why I'm a single female parent ambassador. You know, mm -hmm. and, and women of unique distinction, we do not go around looking for those that look all fancy. I want the ones that look dirty. I want to spend that year and I want to help that woman become that diamond in the rough. Absolutely. Because that is what we need now. There are too many single female parents dealing with more than I have to deal with because there are no mothers to call. There are no fathers to call. And like in my, on my TV show, I spoke about Jean and Dinah, Rosita and Clementina on the corner posing. Bet your butter in your Thank you. So let me tell you the reality of a single female parent. If you not, are not strong, you will have to bend. And that is the reality of the, so the society that we are in as Dominicans, as Trinidadians mm -hmm. across the board, because we are nothing more than vaginas. Yes, and I want to I take the conversation and open it a little bit more. So Dr. Yeah. Glenn, let me come over to you, because I think one of the um, underlying topics that I'm getting from Melissa is, do you think that a primary school education should be free? So should there be a system maybe in the Caribbean? And Felix, if you can hear us, I want to include you in that conversation as well. What are your thoughts on, you know, if primary school education in the Caribbean should be free? Well, um, at the risk of sounding a little bit too idealistic and, and for full disclosure, um, I have spent pretty much my entire life in North America. So my perspective may be skewed. Mm -hmm. I just want to put that out there. However, I have always known primary school education to be free, and that should be a universal goal. I, don't, I didn't know of societies in the region or elsewhere in the West where primary school wasn't free. In fact, to the best of my knowledge, secondary education, I thought, was just about universally free in mm -hmm. the Caribbean. I know for sure that free refers to the tuition aspect, right. the cost of school attendance. There are always going to be attendant costs. There's the mm -hmm. bus fare. Mm -hmm. There are the uniforms. The uniforms, the books. And there are the books and other things. So I do know that certain governments have taken tremendous strides. I can, if I can, without being overly political. I mean, I know quite, quite a while back, at least 15 years ago, Barbados was at the point of giving um, laptops to students. Uh, so that's that's sort of like the, um, the the upper echelon of education across. I mean, Barbados has a world class education mm -hmm. system, and um, perhaps, arguably, again, without ranking one of the more uh, admirable systems in the Caribbean. But to my knowledge, and if I'm wrong, someone will correct me. The tuition aspect of primary school education 
has been universally free for some time. Yeah, I know correct. there's been an evolution to free, again, using the word free guardedly, secondary education. Um, yes, there are circumstances and some of us have addressed those circumstances in personal ways and through um, NGO type structures or informal committees, tried to raise funds for quote unquote needy or disadvantaged children to attend school because yes, giving them free tuition is only the beginning. Mm -hmm. There are many kids who can't get to the school, won't have lunch when they get to the school, won't be able to buy books or supplies because parents are limited. And so we do need to add a social dimension to correct those, um, those gaps. When we put the universal free secondary school in place, it will not necessarily reach all students on an even footing. In fact, it may well be that the poor taxpayer is subsidizing the wealthy taxpayers' children who perhaps um, you know, are getting the benefit as, and then the poor kids cannot. So certainly it's one of those, it's one of those things that if you ask me, uh, the egalitarian perspective is absolutely, it should be free. We don't know what the economic um, component is to uh, making it free. All governments do not have equal resources. All governments do not have equal priorities in dispensing those resources. So uh, I, the answer to your question is a short yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And when we consider the social um, situations that Melissa just described, we, we wonder, well, uh, is there any assistance for those who can't afford the uniforms and the books and the, the bus fares. So Felix, I wanna come over to you for your thoughts. Okay, so and if um, the educational system should be free mm -hmm. um, for primary and secondary. So to my knowledge, um, I mean, I went to primary school and secondary school in Dominica. Um, to me, the majority of the primary and secondary schools are free mm -hmm. in Dominica um, because they're public, right? But um. I mean, I know that I went to a Catholic primary school and also a Catholic high school where we did have to pay for um, terms. Mm -hmm. um, so I know that we had to pay for those. So, I mean, I think I think there's there's like um, I think there's like um, the school system for everyone where it's like there's a free section and there's a paid section, yeah. so to speak, you know, for mm -hmm. the school system. So, I mean. The reason why I think like, I don't think like the tuition part of it is currently an issue. I think it's what um, Dr. Glean was speaking of is what the issue is, is like how a lot of the students don't have that access, the um, like the uniforms and also the bus fees, because mm -hmm. I lived very far from school. Well, to me, it's not very far right now because I live in Canada and everywhere is far in Canada, to be honest. But <laughs> I, remember, <laughs> I remember where I was living, like, I would see people coming all the way from Marigot or um, La Plaine, Dailies and all those places to get to Roseau. And you know, like, you know, early you have to get oh. up to do all what you have to do, put on your uniform and everything. And then you have to pay, I don't know what the bus fare is now, <laughs> but I think it was like $10 one way, you know, to um, get to the city, right? And that is rough because that is, five days a week you have to do it so that is like twenty dollars a day that is a hundred dollars a week in just bus, bus fares right and then a four hundred dollars a month you know on average so i can see how that part would be sort of like a barrier 
at the same time, I know that there's people who would still make things work, right? If you cannot afford the bus system, you end up having to bomb a ride, you know, or something like that, right? So um, I don't know if I'd make a change to how like the, the tuition fee se section is. I think what I'd make a change to it's like um, the assistance. If there's some kind of funding that could be provided to assist those who are not fortunate enough to actually get the, the bus um, or if there's like some kind of central bus system for people who are very far away, if they could qualify for something like that, like some kind of stipend to actually pay the bus, then that I think would be a good start for it and also have something similar for the uniforms as well. Mm -hmm. You know, because I think the uniform option would be more affordable than buying like your own clothes, you know, like if they just have um, the ties, because that one tie could use an entire week, really and truly, if you have to, right? So all you have to buy is really just two ties. You have five shirts. You have probably two khaki pants or whatever pants you have, you know, and that would help as opposed to you having to dress differently every single day. And, you know, in Dominica, if you if you wear a one top today and you wear that top last week, you know, somebody going to call you out on that. Oh, yeah. Right? So <laughs> I, think, I think in Dominica, it's better to use the uniform, mm -hmm. you know, for, for even like the peer pressure too. So. Right. Yeah, that's my that's my take on it. Yeah, yeah, and you're and you're correct because when I went to school, I went to a Catholic school, and there were fees yeah. associated yes. going to the private um, Catholic school. So maybe someone on the Facebook live or someone will call in to let us know if that is still the case. Because in the Catholic schools, you had to cover the tuition, the books, the the uniform, and the bus fare. So Melissa, I want to come back to you because I think we've already touched on quite a few um, topics already. Now, have you looked at any potential assistance? for uh, getting your kids back to school. Is there anything that's available in Dominica that parents maybe are not aware of where you can seek assistance um, to get your children the supplies they need? I've heard about a voucher program that is quite controversial, so I'm just wondering if there's anything else that parents who truly are in need can reach out to for assistance. You know what? I find that when we, it's like a double-edged sword. We want persons to get off the public system. That means there's a level of education that needs to be pumped into persons, um, a level of support, but yet still there's nothing being done. And when situations like what I am going through, which is an official document that needs to be rectified, I, persons are telling me, hey, Melissa, don't talk too much. Just go and drop your paper down there, right? And you'll get your children's school books. But what happens after children's school books is, is gotten? What happens every day when they come home? In school, you can pay a dollar and you can get lunch at school, thankfully. I'm thankful for that. But what happens when that child comes home at night and there's nothing to eat? What happens when that child doesn't have anything to eat before the child leaves for school? So yes, I get what you're saying. Are there any support systems for me to get my uniforms? 
but mm -hmm. education is more than a uniform education right. is where is that child so that's what i'm saying i'm glad you invited me because oftentimes we look at education through a one narrow view there is a concept preoccupational um a point in every child's life where they they're stuck in this narrow view they can't see anything else and sometimes i think society has become like children where we say hey go and get this but you're not taking into consideration that what happens when the child is at home mm -hmm. what happens when i cannot feed my my son and my daughter in a couple of days because i cannot access anything anymore what happens when a child is stuck because they cannot see the future like we can see the future and they leave home not eating and they're wondering i wonder if i'm going to eat when i get home that informs and also is a contributing factor to someone being successful in education so if we're talking about education we're talking about everything that goes together to form a person now there are different theories i i love erin bronfen brenner he created um, the ecological model and it places the person at the middle the self and then it shows how the meso system and all these different systems interrelate to create this person the caribbean we have throughout the Car caricom we have this ideal person i don't know if you guys have ever read it there is a document that dictates and says what the ideal caribbean person looks like guess what we're not there because we are still so narrow-minded and we're not seeing all the other things that affect a child when that child is being educated so yes there are avenues so that i can get a t-shirt a school shirt but what happens when that child comes home to me and i cannot give that child food because i have no document to get to any sort of financing that I am used to. Single female parents end up in poverty. 80% of single female parents end up in, in poverty due to non-payment, due to all these different issues. And single female parenting, if you look at the homes and juvenile delinquency and teen pregnancies and all these things come out of single female parent homes. But then, so, but then it sounds like it sounds like you're speaking to a bigger topic. It, of no, because education is that, Simone. Education is that. That is my thing. Right. Education is that because when I have and not me, thankfully, I have the tools to navigate certain things with my children's mind. So mm -hmm. I am not an average mother. So I would sit and I would speak to my child and I'd say, "Hey, baby, this is what's going on right now," because they can't understand when the house is in turn oil they cannot understand that that is education if you have a two-year-old a three-year-old a four-year-old who is leaving a home every day not knowing how they're gonna eat or the only the only point of eating every day that they're guaranteed to have is going to that school then that is education, Simone. And if we keep mm -hmm. thinking of education uh, and, and getting the child to school, there are so many students that I've seen in Dominica that get to school not ready. 
and then they flunk out and then we wonder why are they on the roadside so that is education because there are a lot of young boys that just didn't have the right support system and they're on the street corners because guess what we didn't see where they were mentally where they were traumas i'm also trained in trauma I'm a trauma specialist, both children and adolescents. So when I tell you trauma is just like, like alcoholism, when, they, when it happens at the point, they remain there. So imagine how many students are going to school traumatized. So yes, like Randy said, social support in the schools need to be more present. There needs to be a linkage of, okay, yes, I can get you the books, but what else is going on in your mm -hmm. home? that's going to hinder this child from being successful so education is not that narrow preoccupational way of thinking where we think as children we now need to graduate and see the same way we have multiple intelligences and we know that know that children don't learn the same and we have now had to amend our educational systems because of that we need to now know that education is more than getting to the building because some persons do not have what it takes to get to the building we are born into this world some born with gold spoons some born with silver spoons some born with none at all what are you going to tell those who are born with none at all and they want to get to that education there but they yeah. cannot get there so and, and i'm happy i'm happy that you've expanded our understanding on what education is but felix i want to come to you and dr glenn i want to come to you as we start talking about traditional approaches for financing um education but before i do felix i want to come to you because i think melissa is making some so important points about broadening our notion, broadening our concept of what we think of when we think of um, getting our children that education we need. And what comes to mind as she talks about, you know, her mom's ability to support her when she needs to is how maybe you and I grew up, um, Felix, in terms of the barrel economy, because we struggled too. And we had to rely on my aunt in Guadeloupe to send the books, to send the, you know, the, well, not the, the textbooks, but the notebooks, the pencils, the bags, the shoes to be able to have us go to school so i'm sure you probably experienced the same thing um felix as well and i'm just wondering if that still exists because for some of us that is how we were able to afford to go to primary and secondary school felix yeah so i i do remember we receiving barrels which came with um exercise books pens crayons and all that's a good stuff you know um for the most part, I think my parents did a good job in um, actually being able to um, afford the school system mm -hmm. and sending myself and my um, siblings to school. Um, but I, I mean, I cannot speak for all the help that they got because I was just a child and basically unaware of, you know, like the finances in the house. Because, I mean, it's not something that a lot of parents really talk to their kids about. Mm -hmm. So I cannot talk much on like what my parents did, but I, I just know that we did have the stuff that we need, that we needed in order to attend school. Um, and I remember going to, um, it was Jay's bookstore that we had to go to get our textbooks, you know, exercise books and so forth at times. So I don't think that was a problem on my side. So I, I don't think I'd be the best person to speak on that, to be honest. But um, as far as it, I think like parents, do need to take like both both mom and dad you know do need to take some kind of 
accountability for, hey, you know what, we have our child now. I think when you have a child, that's kind of like your priority. You know, like I have a daughter now, and I'm telling you straight, if I, I will starve, if she's like, she, she's, she's going to eat before me for sure. You know, that's, that's just guaranteed. You know, she's going to be the one surviving, not me. You know, so I know that whatever I have to do, like, I mean, a lot of it, I think people try to make it a bit way too complicated as far as, you know, like meeting the child needs. Um, I think the most important thing the child really needs from the parent is really the, their time and attention. I think that's the most important thing. The finances is very important. It's basically the next important thing because they have to eat. It's money that's going to get the food and they have to go to school, right? So as far as affording those things, I think the best thing to do is really start planning for it as soon as the child is born. You know, for as an example, my daughter is currently 17 months and for probably, if she's 17 months now, I would say for probably like 15 months, I'm, I've already been saving for her education because I don't know what she wants to be, but all I know, whatever it is that she wants to be, I don't want her to come and say, hey, hey dad, you know what? I need $100,000 for me to start my doctor degree. And I go in and tell her I don't have it. No, to me, I would be like, I would be letting down my daughter. And that is one thing I don't ever want to do, you know? So I starting to save for it from now because I already know it's a little star I have there. If she have my blood in her, she, she's a star already, you know? So I want to make sure that she reach whatever it is that she needs to reach. So that is the kind of dedication I will put towards my child, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's the same kind of thing that I believe her mom would do as well, you know, because she's a, an awesome mom as well, you know, my girl. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Ask yeah, you a question. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? To you, but I can tell Melissa. Yes, yes, because when you when especially when Felix said all children need is your time. So Dr. Glynn, just hang tight. Let me um have Melissa respond because I can tell she wanted to say something to Felix. Oh, I when I say I'm a single female parent ambassador, I am I am that. Because there are certain and, and I love English and I love to sit and just pick apart words and what words do to us as a people yeah so when felix the emotions and 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 i'm getting from felix is that when he's speaking or what you're what people will perceive i can be wrong is that you have it set but if i take away your money right now felix right that makes you comfortable to have what you need for your child and you were brought to the level of the average dominican would you be okay with that we're just giving no. your child time and no, nothing no else. Yes no. or no? No one So do, okay. why do you expect other persons to not have what you have? That is the, the problem with the systems. Uh, I don't think and, you're listening and the, properly. And, no, no, no. Because that's not what I said. But I'm asking okay, because said. as a Melissa, single let, female Melissa, parent. So, Melissa, allow me so, to respond. So the, the first thing I said is the most important thing I never said it's the only thing. It's the most important thing. It's not. The time. It's not. Well, it is that for you problem. because you have the finances already. I respect your perspective. I respect your perspective, you know, but in my perspective, the time is the most important thing. Okay, in my perspective. Thank you for so, saying in your perspective. And then I, I did say that finances is basically something that is very important as well. I did say that, right? 
Okay, so I never said it's just one. It's really yes, not one. Yes, and I, I also want to give I want to I want to give Dr. Glenn an opportunity to chime in if he has any thoughts on that as well, because he has like thousands of adopted children. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, well, I, I like to speak to things where I have discernible expertise, and I, I really don't know that this area, what my experiences would not necessarily enhance this discussion. Um, relatively speaking, um, to what I, I know and, and what is the current reality, I, I may have grown up in a different circumstance in a different part of the world where education and all that uh, attends to it uh, were free. I mean, our books were free, schooling was free all the way up through secondary school. And um, my mom probably simply had to give me $5 a week to pay the bus and eat lunch. And that's back in the day. That could do it back then, by the way. <laughs> $5 a week could have been enough back in those days. But uh, it does sound, it does resonate in that it's, it's more like the stories I would have heard about my mom's experience growing up in Grenada in the 50s and going to secondary school as the child of a poor, of a poor single mother. So it resonates in that sense. And, and one of the stories that she never told me, but my grandmother told me was of stuffing cotton in her oversized shoe so my mom could have a quote unquote good shoe to go to school because my grandmother couldn't afford to buy one. So I, I certainly can relate to that though a generation earlier. It hadn't been my experience because by the time I came along, I guess, you know, my mother having gone to secondary school that early, then obviously, you know what education does. Then it put her in a position where I could have had a slightly better circumstance. And then, of course, um, I am, like all of you, a parent. In addition to my thousands of adopted kids, I, I did manage to um, to produce one. <laughs> and, um, and I did have to foot an enormous bill, even from a position of privilege working in the university, even when my daughter um, attended that school, I did have to find the money. So I wanted to just add one thing, though. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are variations, though, Melissa, as well, in, in terms of what is a single mom. By my own choice and decision, I did cause a, a woman to live life as a single mother. She is the mother of my daughter. But her experiences won't sound like yours because I was a responsible father and one can still be a responsible father even within that construct of not raising a child 24-7 yourself. We certainly had agreements that were met and I knew even when I was a graduate student I had to financially contribute, which I did, and, and at the point when I became self-sufficient by the time my daughter was ready for tertiary education, it was clearly understood that that was going to be 100% my responsibility, which I undertook. So there are two, there are two categories of, of, I think, single mothers, is the one that's left to fend for herself versus the one that does have that reasonable, responsible, respectful male who, although he didn't marry her, he certainly took the responsibility for the offspring or offsprings, if it were, that were produced from that, that relationship. So I just wanted to make that distinction. Yes. Uh, yes. Back to you, Melissa. And then we're going to talk about um, 
Tertiary Education um, College University Education. Yes. yes, Melissa. I have one point, and that's just statistics. I heard everything you said, but reality is, is that in 1950, the U.S. Bureau, Census Bureau, had, um, they actually had statistics like 9 million um over 9 million children living in homes at that time, they would live with a single parent. Out of that 9 million, 8 million of those come out of single mother homes. So yes, we understand that there are fathers that step up, but in 1970, there was only 800,000 fathers who stepped up to that level and this is U.S. Bureau Census. Now, right now, 2010 says that 80% of women living, 80% of children under the age of 18 are living in homes of single female parents. So, yes, I do not want to negate the fact that there are men that step up. But the reality is when we talk about going back to school and education, the ones that are being most affected by are mothers. And that is the truth. And statistics says that. So that yes. is why it is important. That is why speaking about single mothers at this time is important because the ones that are being most affected, according to statistics in 1970, were women mothers that was 1970 we are now in 2022 where we nothing has changed for the better so how many children are now in single female parent homes getting ready for school now let's talk about how um the 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 hourly rate pay affects education if we are living from hand to mouth because the average rate of pay is seven dollars then when school comes about and we have that extra pump or injection of cash needed to get that child into school what do we let flop th to the side do we let the bills go to the side because what are we going to do let's be realistic here when we are speaking about education and getting children back to school if i'm making two thousand dollars a month and my and, and my my rent is fifteen hundred and then i have children to feed and then i have to get to school and then school time comes around but then i have to know find the extra money to get books and uniform let's be realistic i know some of us come from good homes that is true there are good homes out there but statistics show that we have too many more single female parent homes than any other type of household out there so when we're speaking about education and getting children back to school you are speaking to mothers you are speaking to a couple of fathers yes but truly women are obligated that is why sparrow was able to say jean and dinah rosita and clementina because guess what when a child has to go to school and there is no daddy, there is always a man there willing to give it if a woman is willing to give it up. Let's be real, I am a single female parent ambassador. I've spoken to too many women who have divulged too many things that is real. And thankfully, thank the grace of the good universe that kept me. But what if I buckled? 
Yeah, and, and I, I want to thank you again, Melissa, for just bringing the social context into this conversation. But, you know, one of the things I like to explore in this program is just how things are changing. So, so what was traditionally um, a certain field, of a certain area, and how it has evolved? And I think with over 30 years of experience, Dr. Glenn, you might be able to guide us on this one. So traditionally, we're going to talk about how we traditionally funded education, because a lot of it when I went to college was loans and hoping to get a scholarship. So let's just talk about the traditional approaches and how things have changed, how things have evolved. For example, maybe you can speak to us about, you know, the qualification for being accepted into a university in the U.S. back in the 90s when I went to a university, as opposed to the financial qualifications now. Has the qualifications increased? You know, do you have to show more money now? Do you have to show less money? So let's take the conversation from there, uh, Dr. Glenn. Uh, thank you, Simone. That's uh, a lot closer to my comfort zone in terms yes, of yes. an alleged knowledge base. So, yes, thank you for um, hanging in there with us, and thank you for sharing the U.S. experience as well. Sure. And, and yeah, I can certainly speak, and I, I think in some ways to North America, but uh, 1994-95, when you were looking at the possibilities, even though the dollar figure seemed a lot less, relative to incomes then, it was actually... Um, almost as expensive as it is today. Mm -hmm. So here, here are the thoughts. Here's where the evolution has happened. Um, many U.S. universities didn't quote unquote know or choose to know the Caribbean the way they do now. Uh, many of them have been enlightened as to how great the students are in the Caribbean and we're now a desirable commodity. Mm -hmm. so, so they're making an effort to seek us out. Back in your day, um, you were seeking the universities and, and grabbing the first one that came along, basically. Um, now you have choices. I am very active in making sure, and I will continue to make certain that as many universities as possible come down to the Caribbean and offer opportunities so we can broaden the scope in terms of choices for students. So let's start with how do we go about finding the money? And I will try to in inculcate a little bit of the earlier conversation to speak to that person who was challenged, as well as to those who may have been able to plan or have support. Um, something has happened from your day to today, mm -hmm. and, and I've observed it being actively engaged in the process. There seems to have been an increased dependence or reliance or expectation that this uh, commodity should be provided by someone other than yourself and your family. In other words, and I think specific to Dominica, I think I've observed that there is a general belief or expectation that higher ed, tertiary education is something that government should provide. Well, may not be unrealistic because Barbados certainly allows Barbadian students to attend uh, Cavill campus um, free. And I, I believe that might also be the case to some extent in, in Trinidad for St. Augustine. So that's not extreme. In, in, in Grenada, for example, Grenada can go to St. George's, very often highly subsidized or in many cases almost free. So that, that again is a great thing when you can get it. But if you are in Dominica and you are expecting to go to school in the United States, I'll speak to the U.S. because I think Felix will speak to Canada. I'll speak to you. You're wanting to go to school. The first thing is to stop thinking about higher ed in terms of cost. It really is an investment. You shouldn't undertake it if it's a cost. 
If you do not believe that this is something that will pay dividends, then it's a bad investment. You're better off spending your time and your money investing in a business in Dominica, or let's be clear about what education is for you PhDs and you elitists. Let's be clear. Education can also be vocational education. Yes. It's very important that young people understand that a well, a well-trained and experienced plumber would actually make more than a beginning physician or a college professor in markets in North America. Or if you are very good in other skill trades like construction, your market is you get to define yourself, you get to be independent, and you can earn just as much. I think the British spoiled us with this elitist construct that we all need to be highly educated and wear a tie and walk around. And then we sort of disrespect people with real skills that are needed to build economies. I, for one, have developed a great appreciation. And I tell people with real skills that, you know, I can read, write, and talk. That's that's what I do well. But if you put me in front of a machine to do something, I'm probably completely lost. Yes, I have some technology skills. I'm a little unusual in that sense, but I don't have a lot of motor skills. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm a very awkward person. So, you know, you need to recognize where your skill set is and develop from there. If academics is where you want to go though, the funding, prospects are many. So think of it as an investment that will pay off. And then it's not a cost because you're going to get it back for 30, 40, or 50 years to come after you've completed that degree. Here's why universities knowing the Caribbean matter. Now you can attend the Dominica State College or you can do Cape through Lead Institute or you know independently if you wish. You can do that platform very low cost, highly and heavily subsidized by government. So there is really not many excuses other than, of course, some students will still have the challenge of getting from Marigot, as pointed out earlier. You know, there are some unforeseen expenses that may limit others. But in terms of the tuition aspect, you can, if you could board in town or stay with a relative or, you know, other ways to make it work, you can attend Dominica State College. Most U.S. institutions now, you know, will accept those credits. So what you have effectively done is shorten the time you need to spend in university in the States, whereas, Simone, those in your era spent the full four years because mm -hmm. you went to Clifton Dupony at the time. You may have done a couple of A-levels, got a few little credits here and there, but you basically were still in a four-year regime. Those students coming from Dominica State College, at the very least, are in a three-year regime. That's step one. Another thing to consider is you do not have to run off immediately to attend university, even if your plan is to go to the States. You can certainly engage online. And why is that advantageous? Because you completely remove the cost of room, board, health insurance, miscellaneous, incidentals, even the travel. You remove all these subsidiary costs and you are in mom's home you are attending online technology and the Wi-Fi in your house allows you to do that. So now you're paying just tuition and you can do so for a year and get closer to graduation such that when you get to the U.S., you now have two years possibly. And th these are things we offer. Western Illinois has such an option. And you can still get all the benefits of getting a degree in the United States, the work permits and the opportunity to build a life after graduation and partake in the U.S. economy. I'll cut it here. We can get back to some other thoughts, but I, I think I'll, um, I'll throw it back so I don't get into too much of a monologue. 
Yes, and, and thank you so much, um, Dr. Glenn. Felix, um, we talked about the U.S., um, Canada. Let's go over to Canada, and you can tell us, you know, what has changed? What are, how are you now advising your clients a little differently from what you may have told them a couple of years ago? And I, I think I like where you started off, the importance of starting early. Because yeah. like you, I, I, we started our daughter's education fund when she was very young. So the importance of starting early. So I think you can probably take it up from there. Yes. Um, yes. Starting early is what I, um, I think that's going to be like a lifelong principle. As long as there's going to be money involved to go to school, I think it's very important that parents do start off saving early for their children. Um, the dialogue hasn't really changed since I've been um, giving financial advice on that. Um, for me in particular, I, I remember my first year of um, college here in Canada, um, my dad helped me out with it, right? And then the second, third and fourth year, I, I had to, um, you know, like go through that myself. Now I can remember there was a time I was having some real financial difficulty because I was faced with like, a tuition of about $10,000. And at that time, I did not want to take a student loan just because I was scared of having a loan that high at such a young age, right? But then going back to what Dr. Glean said, I actually liked what he said when it, you basically have to change the way that you look at it, look at mm -hmm. it as an investment. Now, I was going to school to be an accountant and I heard that accountants made a lot of money. So at that point, I was like, yo, you know what? That is $10,000 that I'm going to be investing in myself. Um, but however, what I did though, I did take another step where I actually went into the financial aid office. Um, I booked an appointment with um, one of the officers there and they were very helpful. Eh? Like they actually sat me down and helped me to build a budget um, and also to calculate, because I was actually working while I was going to school as well. They helped me to calculate um, you know, my income, my expenses and everything. And with that, they were able to say, okay, you know what? We can see that you're able to cover this and we're going to help you with X amount of dollars, you know? So I, at that time I got like, um, I think it was, a, it was between $1,500 and $2,000 um, worth of bursary. And then I had to take the rest as a student loan. Um, and even after that, I did not even go to the financial assistance anymore just because I started looking at it as an investment. And I was saying to myself, hey, you know what? This is going to pay off one day. Now, just fast forward to like my graduation. I graduated with about $22,000 in student debt, you know, and that was scary to me. So <laughs> that, that fear that I had with having all that debt to my name, and I think I was only about 23 at that time, I was like, man, no, how am I going to do this, right? And then I basically started working at the bank, which enhanced my financial knowledge. And over the course of one year, I ended up paying up that entire $22,000 because that's just how bad, like that's just how scared I was of that debt. And then after that, it was just blessed, you know, because after paying off your student debt, I feel you get some kind of relief, some sense of relief and you feel like okay now it's like you're free to do so many more things you know but i think i actually needed that um experience as well so what i would say to parents as well is don't go spoiling your kids let them have some kind of difficulty in a sense you know let them struggle in a sense as well you know because i struggled with it and that struggle that i had 
it actually helped me to be more responsible with my money and how I managed it. You know, like since I actually had to kind of fight with with um, financial assistance to get the money, not really fight, but, you know, like I had to do extra stuff in order to get that bursary, right? It actually helped me in other areas where I'm dealing with money, you know? So um, going back to the parents as well, as soon as... Yeah, I'm coming to you. Yeah, mm -hmm. as soon as parents have kids... I basically have, um, there's a designated education fund that is actually, um, it's, it is semi-funded by the government of Canada as well, where they basically match 20% um, for the least of what you actually contribute into it up to a certain amount. All right. So that actually helps. And over the lifetime of the child, you can put up to $50,000 into it, right? And they're matching like 20% of that for you. You know, so that's basically a bonus. And if you start from very young for the kids, that money grows and it compounds, right? So since it compounds, it actually helps you to have a substantial amount of money there that you could use for your kids' education. And it doesn't have to be just for the tuition. It will help with the bus fees or in buying a, a, a vehicle for your child, um, paying for, like if they have to go to school far away, it will pay for that as well, their accommodation and so forth. So I think it, these days you really have to just start early. Um, you, can't, you can't wait until last minute for it. If you wait until last minute, then the only thing I can really think that you would have to do is really take a student loan, you know, to actually fund schooling. Unless if, unless if your child is basically some kind of high achiever and they're able to get a scholarship, you know, for having high grades or being athletic or something of that sort, then... You know, you, it's better off that you actually just prepare for your child yourself. Yeah, and I think and I think you guys are making some very good observations because part of what I'm hearing is that we need to change our perspective. So the yeah. same way Dr. Glenn mentioned about looking at it as an investment and the same way, you know, you were concerned about the debt, but realizing we have to change our perspective and see this more as an opportunity to invest that will be returned. And then I also want to talk about, because we just heard today, about the debt forgiveness of the loans. So that is something else I'm hoping we can touch on, um, Dr. Glenn, at some point. But Melissa, I want to come to you for your thoughts. I'm not going to take too long because I hear all of that and I acknowledge Felix. Felix, let me tell you something. When I had to go to school in Trinidad, I love my island. I would never want to be from any other island because gate is free. Yeah? All of these things is free. But if I did not have what it took to access that free gate... I would not be educated right now. Meaning if, if every semester I did not have $1,200 to cover all other fees, I would not be educated right now. Felix, I, I get from you that you're from a family. If, not, if you don't have everything, you had more than what the average person has in Dominica. Am I right or am I wrong? You are wrong. I'm wrong? Yep. Okay. I guess you were not there for the entire story, but you're wrong. Felix, did you grow up having issues having to get to school? I heard the story. You said you had no recollection of having to pay for education when you went to school. Am I wrong or right? So that was when I was speaking of primary. 
but that is what in order to get to university felix we have to get through primary first there are lots of students right now that needs to get to primary school but they have social issues that surround them and they cannot get there so that means there are lots of students right now that are on the corner that were not able to access education and yes we like to say that the, the young boys are delinquent and and they could do better and you said even saving but how am i going to save felix when i don't have the dollar to put there if i only have well, two thousand dollars i also think melissa if i might interject we have to kind of um you know honor everybody's story so you're i am honoring everyone's story simone and let me finish and i'm not being disrespectful so i, I just want to finish to because many of times what why i am stressing on this and i would like to say most people would say oh it's because she is this no i experience certain things I, um, actually, if I if I wasn't fired for being pregnant out of wedlock, I would not be sitting here t having the experience of the average Trinidadian single female parent or the average Dominican parent. I didn't come uh, when you when you check my background. I have certain support systems that allowed me to be successful. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I also know that across the street from me, there's a young lady, same age as me. Her mother died at the age of 10 so that she wasn't able to access education. She had no support systems. Now she's a single mother with three children. She cannot help her three children without the education level. Yeah, but so I, I want to say that a lot of times that we speak about things, but we want to hush hush those, even if it's in a minority, if we want to say it's in a minority, I am here i am a single female parent ambassador so when i speak mm -hmm. i speak from that at all times to bring awareness to what is going on right most times it comes across as combative though because i think that we always have persons telling us to save but no one really willing to accept that if i do not have something to say so you want me to say of course you're saying let's look at different views but no one has yet to say hey this is a view that affects the majority of children and what are we doing to support these children and women because we and, know and, we are and, going back to education we're going back to school yes and right? Lisa, this is why this is why we have this conversation yeah. because we're hoping that the powers that be can hear all the concerns i hope so and all this the the the, the the, the but it becomes slanted and and, and the voice and the voice of the single female parent gets hushed or quieted when other persons say things like oh you can find a way what happens to the single female parent that cannot find a way that's why women of unique distinction is there because guess what we have found other ways now yeah, how do we you need we need more like you exactly so that's why i speak well. and i speak proudly because i know that there are women there yes i understand everyone's perspective trust me i do not have the be prior to being fired because i was pregnant out of wedlock i did not have this perspective and i'm mm -hmm. thankful for this i'm thankful for experiences that dropped me and humble me because i would have probably been like some other women that turn around and say ah, i wonder what 
or snub their nose up and not really try to understand what's going on. Most Mm -hmm. single female parents, guess what? If you dig their background, they are traumatized as child children. Mm -hmm. So then there are more things that you're looking for. So education could never be one thing. And you cannot Mm -hmm. talk about university if you cannot make it to primary school because of other things. So but 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 we have to but we have to just saying every time I speak, Felix speaks from his paradigm. When I speak, I speak from my paradigm, which is so I'm just explaining. Yeah. Yes. Let me let me jump in real quick, Mm -hmm. uh, Melissa. So I think we have to look at your perspective as well. But the point of the program is to look at education at every level. So we have to explore the university level of as well. Course. And we have to take some calls. Of course. So I'm not sure if DJ Shan <laughs> is anywhere close by to give out the phone numbers so that our callers can call in. And we have lots of comments on the Facebook Live. So we're going to take your comments. And then when we come back, um, I want to talk about other traditional approaches like the 529 plan. Dr. Glenn Felix, I know you guys are in this space. So what are your thoughts on that? Uh, The potential for getting jobs when you attend college, is that still an option? And what are we seeing? I know on one program, Dr. Glenn, you had mentioned, you know, stop looking for the big scholarships and start looking for potentially smaller scholarships that all add up. Stop waiting for the government, maybe of Dominica, to completely fund your education. So that is the point, to speak on other options that we have for financing our education. And again, I want to thank everyone who are joining us via Q95 FM radio, as well as on Facebook and YouTube Live. So let's take a minute to um, engage our callers, jump on the Facebook Live, and then we will come back with these questions. So DJ Sean, are you around? I don't see you. I'm there, Simon. Hey. <laughs> All right. All right, Roots Connection and Q, the numbers are 449-3095, and 616-4257. And if you're calling from the overseas line, 305-432-9624. Let me repeat those numbers again. The numbers are 449 469-4362-9624. Yes. So while we're waiting your phone calls, let's see what's going on on Facebook. And again, we want to thank our Facebook audience who never lets us down. You're always here to make a significant contribution to the program. So good evening, Nixie Alfred, Dion Filbert, the trucker is here. Great to see you. Anita Adams, uh, thank you for being here. Uh, Margell Durant, thank you for being here. Jennifer Cuffey, my aunt is Ziska Frederick, Owen Prosper. Let's take some comments. Uh, DJ Shan, just interrupt me if any calls uh, come in. So let's see, where should we start? Thief Francis, the little girl, have the document. Uh, Trini's, okay, that's just a random thought on what uh, Melissa was showing us. Uh, Romic, it's still the same. I think she was referring to back when we were talking about the fees for school. Glenda Schillingford, great to see you. Blessings to all. Hi, Simone. Nice to see you, Glenda. Uh, Romic says, but they're a book and uniform. All right, Simone. Sorry to interrupt you, but I think we have in a caller. Yes, go ahead. Q95, hello, good night. Hey, good evening. Good evening. Um, Simone, blessings to you, darling. Same to you. And those on the panel. I am not wanting to be rude or disrespectful because 
nothing there would justify my being rude or disrespectful. But just a quick interjection. The reasoning, a little imbalance and arrogance from one side. And I think we really need to exercise humility. Don't matter how much we are imprisoned in our own convictions. Our views need to be contained respectfully. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for that, caller. I appreciate your contribution to the program. Uh, let us know if we have any other quest, uh, comments coming in. DJ Sean, David Joseph says, in Dominica especially, we seem to operate in a vacuum and see things through a keyhole while ignoring the wide open door, narrow-mindedness, uh, partisan political allegiance, and ignorance is killing us. Uh, Margel Duran in terms of transportation, the UWP government gave duty-free on buses used to transport school children from the rural areas to Roseau. Presently, the government is paying some bus drivers to transport the kids to Roseau. David Joseph, as a sinless parent of six, my mother, I think you meant a single parent of six, my mother back the was able to send us to school without any assistance from any government or power rep because though things were difficult back then the environment was present whereby most people were able to earn a livelihood in some way shape or form Jess says, tell me about it, sister, been there, done that very hard. Absolutely. So I think she's speaking to um, Melissa's um, experience with being a single mom. David Joseph, the facts are what they are, and the facts are that too many men have absconded their responsibilities as fathers. We simply cannot continue to leave right, the burden so sorry, of Sorry to disrupt you again, but we're having the next caller. Sure, go ahead, Jen. All right. five. hello, good night. Hello, great evening. I'm calling to make a contribution. Yes. Okay, very interesting program. And just want to commend everyone for their views. But um, just in particular to what Melissa Brown said, I am a single parent, and I'll be very honest, I didn't learn much about the avenues available for single parents out there who are trying to get onto, like, say, the education platform. And I just felt like you were attacking Felix Thomas a bit too much because we have to respect each and everyone's upbringing and what they did. And I know Felix personally, and he didn't have a golden spoon in his mouth. And like he rightfully said, if everything was given to him in a platter, I don't think he would be where he would be today. So I think we should just appreciate that everyone's coming from different backgrounds, upbringing, and we can all learn something from each and every individual on the panel tonight. Thank you. Yes, Melissa, I'll come to you in just a minute. Let me finish with that comment. Um, so we simply cannot continue to leave the burden of raising our children on the backs of the mothers to raise while we are out there having a good time. So this is from David Joseph. As a child of a single mother, I promised myself to never have children here, there, and everywhere. And thankfully, I kept true to my word. Auntie Zixka, good evening to you. She says she's watching. Uh, Flo Flower Sydney, right, Doc? 
um, Hermelina Watson. I think she's a little too combative. And I think I saw my mom earlier. So good evening, um, Mrs. Medina Senhouse. Roy Labad, great to see you. David Joseph, Hermelina Watson, she may seem combative, but that is because she is frustrated as a single parent, understanding the big indignities that so many single mothers have gone through raising children on their own. Marshall Lawrence, always great to see you. Good evening, Dr. Simone. And yes, watching and listening. John uh, X says, I think along with what she is saying is there is a psychological support system missing mental health so using the example she used regarding the young lady whose parents died was there any grief counseling etc i too was a single mom divorced and tried to continue my university education and had to drop it so i understand where she's coming from getting mental health support is what is missing from our dominican society too many times teachers label children as talkative etc Thank you so much, everyone, for your contribution. So, Melissa, I'm going to come to you, and then I want to go around the table for just some general thoughts on the comments that came in on the Facebook Live as well as the phone calls. Melissa? Sorry, I'm here. You can hear me? Yeah. Yes. So I want to first comment on the combative. Um, I want to say that I do not take that personally, and I understand my personality, and at times, um, persons will perceive me as combative as a lot of things. I understand that I am a strong, independent, single female parent. So I understand that, and nothing, you know, I don't take offense to it. But what I want to say is that as as a guest on this platform, and I want to kind of bring it together, mm -hmm. the topic was education, yeah? And we cannot speak about education in one way, yeah? Absolutely. I think we understand that by now. Um, mm -hmm. Everyone gave their, their take on education coupled with their experiences, mm -hmm. yeah? And how there, and I, I remember um, making the point that Bronfenbrenner said, that there's a person in the middle and all systems are important in forming the individual. So if theories and psychology is there um, to tell us how important other things or other factors um, involved in education, then why fragment it? You understand what I'm saying? So yes, I understand Felix's point of view, I understand everyone, but we still fail to realize that yes, you can have an education system which is just a policy, a paper, a shell that says, hey, you have to learn maths, English, science, social studies, you have to learn all these things in order to get to this level. Just like in psychology, there are levels that you have to pass in order to become a functioning human being. So how can you take education without thinking of the individual holistically? So when you talk about education and why I'm so vocal on it is that I have seen where we have been one-sided in our thinking and thinking, oh, all we need is to make get to alone and, and, and get to education. But what happens to those that were not born able or into families that can access these things? 
what happens mm -hmm. but they mm -hmm. have a fire say. within them to get better there are women there are boys in dominica that wish they had a chance to do better i am talking about boys who think that they don't have a chance anymore because guess mm -hmm. what getting up in the morning mommy didn't have what it took to get them to school that was supposedly free so yes i understand that you think i'm combative but i'm combative because we are not seeing the before education and yeah, we are still that. jumping to university level but how do we get to university level if we have not dealt with those that are not able to access primary yeah level? and it and it speaks to the the amount of work that we as a society have to do uh, melissa so i'm really happy that you're raising the importance of the, the, the social constructs that we live in. Um, Dr. Glenn Felix, you want to make any comments on the Facebook Live? Because I also want us to talk about, you know, things such as the 529 plans and what are your thoughts on that? And what ideally, if you had to advise anyone right now in terms of approaching education, what would be the best approach? for funding their education. I think Dr. Glenn, you already started about talking about, you know, going to the local colleges instead, taking online classes, that way you don't have to pay any of those overhead costs. But what are some of the other, the other options? Because I think, you know, like Melissa is alluding to, we have to provide inspiration to those who, who are less fortunate, who think there is no way that I will be able to even advance to a, a university uh, degree level. So how can we provide hope and inspiration even for those that think it is not possible? So Felix, let me come over to you and then Dr. Glenn, I will come to you. So uh, just a quick, um, you mentioned 529. I think that would be on Dr. Glenn's side. Yes, for that's five yes, yes. Okay. So um, I guess you want me to talk about what would be available in Canada to yes. understand. Okay. So as far as the post-secondary education goes, college and university, um, there's the RESP, Registered Education Savings Plan, which I touched on earlier on today. Um, you put money into it and the government matches 20%. And based on the income level as well, you get an additional amount of money. So that is something that I make my clients from... Um, the different levels of income apply for every single one of them apply for it there's the canada education savings grant and then there's the canada learning bond which basically helps the low-income individuals um, the low-income individuals they do have other um, tax credits that they get and whenever they actually have kids as well in canada they do give them like a monthly benefit as well you know so um canada has that benefit which i mean it would probably be a good thing that could actually work in dominica as well um i'm not aware that dominica has anything like that but again it it does go to like if the government can afford it if the resources are there for it you know so <clears throat> i know in canada we do pay a lot of taxes taxes are high so the government tend to afford a lot of things like we even have free educate i'm sorry free health care in canada as well right so um, the RESP is really what the best form of saving for education is for post-secondary education. In Canada, the elementary school and also the um, secondary school is free, you know, so they don't have to really save much for that except for like buying the basics like clothing, you know, food and so forth, um, which I mean, they do get a benefit for those things as well. So that helps. 
But um, in addition to that, there's also the private schools, um, primary school levels and also secondary school levels has um, private where there's actually um, some very high fees because I do have one of my clients who actually has um, two of her kids go there and uh, it's a lot of money. It's about like, I think it's over 10,000 Canadian dollars a year, you know, to send their kids to school. When, when I was back in Dominica, I can't remember school ever being that expensive. You know, I did see the fees, um, but I can't remember it ever being that high. But for the most part, I remember that my very last year of primary school, it was in Massac School, which is a public school, and there's no tuition fees there. So I, the, as I was saying before, I know that the majority of primary school and secondary schools is um, free in Dominica. I know that... I had to take care of my college education um, down there, but um, I know that it's it's not the tuition part. I think that's really the the issue, just because most of it is free. It's the other part that comes with it, like what Dr. Glean was saying as well. So mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for giving well, us uh, the information for anyone out there in Canada, and I'm sure you'll give us your contact information. So Dr. Glean, let me come over to you because I want to present you for case scenario. So I'm a, a parent. I have about four years before I decide I'm going to go to university. And I also have a small child that I'm hoping to get to university at some point. Based on all your experience and your expertise, your best advice. Um, yeah, I'm going to take a step back if that's okay with you, Simone. Yes. I've mostly listened. So I'm going to speak purely from a Dominican perspective. Thank and you. I, why can I do that? because I've had 30 years of experience interacting with Dominica specifically among the other islands. So to speak to some of the concerns Melissa raised, what can you do? You're not born with a gold spoon in your mouth. You don't have it made. You have that child. Attend the PTA meetings. Put extra time back to Felix's point. Put quality time into that child. Make your children the diamonds in the rough to overcome the financial deficits that they face. Prepare that child with a chip on his or her shoulder to know, like some of us were taught, you have to be twice as good because you weren't born with a silver spoon in your mouth. So work harder, discipline them so they understand that their best chance to succeed is to do well. Yes, you may not have money, but you do have time and quality time that you can invest in the same way in preparing that child to take advantage of all that is there, primary, secondary, if it's free, get that child ready. When that particular child is ready for university, I, I will speak again in specific and very personal terms from a Dominican perspective, what that child can be. So let me give you two examples and I will actually use real names. They're now my little brothers. I can use their names. I've known them for 30 years. Dale Nasty, Jen, Dr. Jenna Joseph. Two of them, Simone knows them, very tight friends of mine, but they were once my rec student recruits, both from Dominica, both from different economic circumstances. One young man from Mondana, another one from Goodwill. I stayed at both their houses. I know them really well. They both came to university, both achieved extremely well. One is very, very, very um, progressive as a business person. The other is a scientist you know, with a doctorate, but they were both little boys from Dominica from different circumstances economically. Let me go further. Two years after they came up in 1993, I had a bunch of little girls who came up that time. 
little girls from different economic circumstances. Okay, they were all bright. Parents didn't have a lot. Some parents had a little more, but I had them all. And guess what? I'll name six of these little girls who came up from different schools. That's Dr. Simone Matthew. I'll give her her right name, Senhouse Matthew. Dr. Gilda Nesty. Dr. Gina Letta. Dr. Masilda Vital. Dr. Catherine Polidor. I hope you catch my theme. They didn't all start the same place, but with their ability, their hard work, I may be missing Dr. Desri Del Sol in there as well. They, with their hard work, they all achieved at the level of the rich kids and look at them today. And not only those with doctorates, you know, I can go to a lot of others, the engineers, the teachers, the other successful students. And that was from one class, 1995, 96 of young people that had one little session and came to the States and did remarkably well and are in their own way contributing to Dominica. So my point is it shouldn't matter too much where you start, although it does have an impact, there are equalizing factors. It is important though to recognize that sacrifices are being made and were made by male parents as well. Let me get personal for 30 seconds. I came out of school with a PhD and started working and I had this dream. I wanted to buy an Audi A4. But you know what? Like all young men in their 30s at the time, I wanted to drive a nice car. But I recognized that I had a child that was growing up for whom the education relied on me. And I was over 50 before I finally got my hands on that Audi because during those years, the important thing to me was to sacrifice. Yes, men also do sacrifice. Sacrifice to make sure that that child had the best education I could provide. So it isn't a monolith, although I fully accept that a lot of burdens are placed on the custodial parent, which is more likely to be the mother. And a lot of the pain and horrible pain is felt by single mothers. Certainly, the way to address that circumstance is, as is, has been done in the U.S. and Canada, is to address it through the law, is to hold the male parent accountable, such as mandatory child support. And that exists in the law. I know a good friend of mine who will probably be able to advise, if you want to have that program, parents, are, uh, single mothers, on where their rights are in holding the male accountable. I, I mean, I can call my good friend, you know, she's a, a judge, I'm sure, at Wynand um, Roberts, Hi. you know, a very good friend of mine. Hi, Wynand, she's listening. Uh, it's one of those people who is a strong advocate from the legal side who will certainly make you aware that you are not completely powerless. You do have, you do have recourses to hold the father accountable to responsibility, at least up to an age. To speak briefly then, Simone, to the point of what to do when you have that young child is to start grooming and nurturing. You can let them be aware that their contribution to their education is through their dedication and excellence. You help to minimize the cost when you bring strong brain power to the table. You help to minimize the cost when you bring a good work ethic to the table. So children today, they're sharp, they're brilliant. This, you know, even at the age of Melissa's baby, they can do incredible things. You can, and I like that she shares the reality and the pain. Yes, I was about to say the same thing. They become part of the equation. Too often I have found that children from parents who enable them or who have a little more resources 
have no empathy at all for the parents. I find myself championing the cause of parents often saying, but why would you take three trips home in a year? That's thousands of dollars you're putting on your mother. I know you're not paying for it, but it has to be paid for. So again, to, I, I digress a little bit, but you're preparing to go to university. You want the best for your child. One lady called and I, I respect what she's saying. She wanted that information. That information is yes. You do all you can to get the kid in the best position academically because that's what triggers uh, university resources and assistance. That minimizes costs. There will always be some investment made, whether it's from the university, the government, someone will pay for it. Education is not free at the tertiary level very seldom is. It can become free at the higher levels. You do well in that first degree. Simone and I can tell you how you can get to be doctor, someone like Simone, and the university will pay for it. We can get you there. But there are people like myself who are willing to sit, and I, I'm in Dominica every year, and have this conversation. I have Zoom sessions all the time for students where I will be happy to do one for parents in that situation. Simone just set it up. I will be happy to come in and spend all the time and help parents understand how to build and structure so that their kids can have access to the many opportunities in the U.S. And I'm sure Felix will join me on that as well in the U.S. and Canada. So it is not impossible, but early planning does matter. And a lot depends on the young person's willingness to work harder to earn. I say this, to earn everything that is available. People do not give you scholarships. They make scholarships available and you earn those scholarships. So absolutely, I, I'm, I'm positive that there it, it's not as um, gloomy as it seems. I, I'm going back to the 90s when I brought poor people's children to the US and watched them succeed. I'm certainly doing it now. It's, it's possible, just believe. Yes, yes. Thank you, um, Dr. Glenn. And you just gave me two program ideas, so I wrote them down quickly. So, you know, we'll get into that in a little bit. I know you're super busy, but at some point in the future, we will get to them. Melissa, you have any thoughts? Yes, I do. I always have thoughts, Simone. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, before, and before you do, before you do, I just really want to thank you for bringing the reality on the you're ground welcome. to us. You're because welcome. I think it is absolutely important important that we hear the reality on the ground, what parents are struggling with, what single parents are struggling with, what are the thoughts that they're, they're, they're thinking, the, the reality that they're facing. And I'm really happy you were able to bring that to us today. So your thoughts, because our my time thoughts, is Simone, along. when I, I'm going to stick to my last thought while you were speaking. A lot of time we, we love to bring awareness too. I want to put it out there that Women of Unique Distinction is currently in Dominica. If anyone out there is interested in actually stepping in and, and being that bridge for the children of Dominica, then you can contact me. You can contact me on 767-613-6560. You can also find us on Facebook, Women of Unique Distinction. Please, because guess what? I, I, I come on these programs. This is not the only program. I, I'm on programs here in Dominica and in Trinidad. When I'm in Trinidad, I have my own live show, everything. And we, we talk a lot. 
but nothing has changed because guess what those who are comfortable are not willing to take out of their comfortability to make someone on the ground whose perspective they just don't understand and like boy boy from trinidad one of our champion trinidad artist he says most people fear what they do not understand we live in a place that's labeled the slums and the hoods and people just look down on us but guess what if people understand that yes we are the ones that rise crime because you are not paying attention to us you understand what I'm saying? So it's bigger than coming and just listening and giving my perspective what happens after. Are your, are your listening audiences across the board, those who are Dominicans and living abroad, are they willing to step in and say, hey, um, I'm going to call the school. School, how many book lists do I need to cover? That is what we need now. We no longer need discussions or awareness. We need persons who are abroad and can't step in and say hey i know you don't know about that program that you can go and drop your your uniform list but guess what i'll cover it for you that's what we need well, but, we but let me let me also ask you this question though uh, melissa because mm -hmm. i think what um dr green was alluded to is what can we do on our end right so we know that the system is not working in our favor, but he's talking about building our children to a point where they're able to potentially get scholarships in the future. So what can Simone, we have as been single parents to have do been to empower our children so that we don't have to rely so much on external factors? Simone, the truth and reality is what I've been trying to bring people to understand is yes, you and I have educated ourselves and we can understand what is being said here, but there are a lot of persons on the ground who cannot understand because they were not given the avenues of understanding through education. But shouldn't we em empower them to know Wait, what they can but do? But you're not, you're not letting me finish, Simone. Mm -hmm. How do we empower them without first addressing where they are mentally? So here's mm -hmm. where I come in as an NGO. If you need any sort of mental health Right. Services, you can contact, also contact women of unique distinction. Women, mm -hmm. single female parents who understand what I am saying and you are just tired of explaining, you can call me and we can find avenues. You understand? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes, Simone, what I am getting is that you, people still tell persons you have to find a way, but what if their mental processes cannot allow them to see a way? Right. So here is where women of unique distinction will step in and help them first deal with their current situation that will allow their mental processes to start working so that they themselves can find a way. You understand? So it is a bit is bigger than just saying, hey, go do this and go do that. Sometimes they need to sit and unpack their trauma in order to get to a place where they can speak and they can find avenues because trauma blocks a view, the Absolutely. view of getting out, of getting help. So what I am saying is that, yes, I understand finances. I understand all of these things. But women, if you just need to clear your head and you just feel so stressed 
and you just need someone to speak to, you can call me as well. I will offer my services in, at the office in, um, in Roseau, Agena's Pristine Health and Wellness. So you can contact either myself or you can contact Gina and she will get on to me as well. And I will offer those services because I know sometimes your mental health prohibits you from even accessing education. Mm -hmm. um, Randy mentioned earlier about how we are supposed to be as parents, but let me tell you the truth. If a mother or a father is frustrated and do not know how to cope and how to, for me, I know how to dance. When I'm stressed, I know to tell my kids, mommy is very stressed right now. I can't deal with it. Please, can you go in the room? And I turn on music and I dance and I sing my lungs out. And that's how I release my stress. My sis, my daughter threw down so much farine today all over the place. And that would send the average person who is dealing with all other issues off the wall you hear of parents hurting and damaging their children every day because guess what it's not because they hate their children they cannot manage the stress the mental health so this is just as important as going to school and learning mm -hmm. writing yeah so we need to start i keep saying we need to start looking at things outside of how we grew up outside of because i had to do that in order for me to sit here today because when you dig up my history you would see i did not grow up not having you understand what i mean i did not come the williams the blandins in rio claro in trinidad my family is a family that we we have doctors dentists so i had no choice but to get to school and be something with or without a child their children now don't have that support that says you have to be something because i am something they grew up in a home that their father was a drug dealer and died on the block. So they have no role model. So what do we need? We need Dominicans who are not afraid, who have gotten up there and not afraid to come back down and say, Hey, brother, talk to me. That's what we need. So yes, yes. Felix, it's more than money. It is, it yes. is time, but quality time. You yes, understand? and I want to thank you for that. And our time is quickly um, speeding along. But I just want to end because, you know, there's so much information out there and I want to make sure we share as much as possible. So I posted on the Facebook, there's a resource called Scholarship um, Informer that tells about um, scholarships, well, in the U.S. at least, um, scholarships that may be available. And I didn't even know that you can actually apply for scholarships retroactively that means you're past um your education and you're still able to cover um expensive retroactively so there's always new and emerging information and that is one of the reasons i like doing this program because we can continue to look at our how certain yeah, fields are evolving and what is changing and how we can benefit yeah. um from those changes and i have one last question for the panel, I know that one of the things we're seeing now is that so many companies are struggling to keep their, so many employers are struggling to keep their employees. And one of the ways that they, they can keep their employees is by being willing to pay for their education. 
so those are some of the things that we can think about. But I want to ask um, you, uh, Dr. Glenn, Felix, everyone, should it be part of corporate responsibility to have these large corporations pay for the education of their employees? Because we're seeing now that many of those, well, not many, I've seen a few instances where large corporations have paid for the scholarships to send an entire high school graduating class to college. I've seen situations where, you know, a, a college class is graduating and someone comes in and it's a big deal because they're going to pay off the student loans of all the students. But should that be part of corporate responsibility? Should it be this, this, this big thing that we're making a big deal out of or should it just be a part of corporate responsibility? Dr. Glenn, what do you think? Well, if we if we had the corporate structure and the economic muscle, again, I'm trying to keep this relevant to Dominica, then certainly <laughs> um, I, I think it would it would certainly be a corporate responsibility for those who make millions off the poor. They certainly can put something back in. It's not an obligation, but it certainly would be a good thing. Uh, ju just to, just to sidetrack a little bit. One of the things that does happen, you alluded to, Simone is that there are responsible people. I'll give you an example. And again, to keep it real to Dominique, I'll use real names. Uh, a good friend and colleague I've worked with for many years, Dr. Don Peters, frequently calls me and points out when he sees students from needy families who are excelling. And he would call and say, well, my boy, I want you to help me do something <laughs> for this kid. And he's a good kid. Give me the background. Tell me what the limitations are. And then we have quietly worked together for, to help many of these students over the years. And I'll go to both sides. Just today, I was speaking to another good friend. Again, I don't want to be political. We're good friends. I get to acknowledge my good friends, Dr. Vince Henderson. Vince always, always has been over the last 30 years in touch with me, 25 years or so, making sure that I look out. And if he finds a person in need, he points it out. One such student, a Dominican student, I was able to offer a full, complete, tuition and fee package to, again, not room and board and everything, the kids starting online, is a young lady from the Kalanago territories who would fit, uh, you know, that bill of an excellent student who absolutely, um, you know, may not have been born with a silver spoon in her mouth. And I can call her name. Her name is Tasha Tyson, but she was academically excellent. That child got herself on the radar. She's a young female who wants to be an engineer. And I was happy to be part of that equation once she was identified to me by the folks in the college and elsewhere to have her on path to now come to Western Illinois University with free tuition as long as she maintains her excellence. So people will notice when a kid is that diamond in the rough. Once the parent you know, polishes that rough stone and gets it to that point, we are responsible enough as a community to acknowledge that that child came from a disadvantaged background and do everything we can. Everyone loves an underdog and we try to push and we cheer for the underdog. And so I hope that that is part of our social conscience as a people in Dominica and the rest of the region. It certainly has been part of mine is what motivated my work. But uh, now to your question, sorry, Simone, yes. Uh, even in little Dominica, we can get, but it would be more altruism because what happens, again, me keeping it real, is when that young person gets to the States, it's very difficult to get them back, Simone of Bathurst State, to get them back to Dominica because then they become very Americanized after 27 years. I, I think you're much more American. You spent most of your life here than you are Dominican in that sense. So that's maybe one of the considerations that would limit their ability to invest at that level. Right, Felix? 
Yes, yep. Felix, your thoughts. Oh, and before we do, because uh, we're running out of time, Dr. Glenn, how might someone get in touch with you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you want to put my email in in the yes. mix, um, it's r-underscore. It's r-glean, G-L-E-A-N, at w-i-u.edu. And certainly, yes, I'm very open to it. But I will find myself to Dominica before too long. And when I'm coming, I will let you know so you can get it out. And yes, once I'm there, I will be happy to sit with parents or groups of parents and help to do, you know, an awareness seminar. Yes, thank you so much. Including single moms, and especially single moms. <laughs> you'll meet with Melissa. Well, she'll Absolutely. be in Trinidad, but you'll come back. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, Felix, your final thoughts as we wind, wind down for the night. Um, well, my final thoughts, I, I, um, I do want to um, just give a lot of credit to uh, Melissa with, um, you know, representing the single mothers um, as best as she can. And also... Um, you know, with Dr. Glean as well, he did bring some really good points and I actually learned a lot from you too, Simone, especially with that, um, you mentioned the, um, like the retroactive um, scholarship thing. I never I knew could, about that. Yeah, first time I'm hearing that. So I go in and see if that could actually, um, you know, help with me as well. But you know what, one, one thing I do want to um, take away, just knowing that a lot of people... Um, do have difficulties as well. I think all of us struggle in some kind of a way, you know, whether it be financially, mentally, or even health-wise. Um, I've seen a lot of people who actually did, um, you know, I mean, come out from nothing, and they do make something of themselves. I think what the, one of the things that is really, like, mostly important is building the mindset of our society, you know, because really and truly, if you really check it out, right, just look at the jungle where there's a lion who, which is actually, you know, recognized as the king of the jungle. However, the lion is not the biggest animal in the jungle. You know, an elephant is much bigger than a lion, right? It could crush a lion like nothing. Um, the lion is not the fastest. A cheetah is faster than a lion, right? It's not the tallest. The giraffe is taller. So if you ask, your question, if you ask yourself, why is the lion the king of the jungle? It's really because of the mentality of the lion, right? The lion not going and say, oh, my mother and father couldn't do this, so I'm not going to do that, you know, or I cannot reach wherever, or I'm not capable of X, Y, Z, right? Most of the people who actually make it in life are people who actually came from nothing, right? And if you really check it out, I mean, I don't know if anyone listened to any kind of reggae music, dancehall music, rap music, but a lot of the artists actually talk about coming from nothing, you know, rags to riches stories. So... I mean, it's really, if, if you actually have the type of mentality to say, hey, you know what, no matter what, I'm going to make it, no matter what my circumstances are, you know what, even if I was born poor or whatever circumstance you were born in, as long as you actually tell yourself that you can, or you believe in yourself that you can do it, don't think it's going to come easy. There's going to be resistance for anything great that you're going to do. Anything great you're going to go do, there's going to be resistance. I face resistance a lot. At 25, I basically decided to leave the corporate world and actually start my own business. You know, most people actually told me, ask me if I'm crazy, what I'm doing. But the thing is, is like I believed in Felix more than everybody else, thank God, you know. And I also believe that God guiding me up until today, you know. So it's not to say that I had it easy at all. Trust me, I ha I've had my sleepless nights. I just still have them every now and then because, you know, like stress comes to every single one of us. I don't think anyone actually has a problem-free life. I think as you actually move into la move through life, 
your basic your, your problems change if you're actually growing i think you're going to be getting better problems you know but there's i don't think there's anything as a problem free life all right but anyways that's just my little takeaway for today and i hope everyone learned something from each and every one of us and have a good night to everyone yes and remind us of your company and how we might get in touch with you okay so i can i can be reached on facebook um if you search for felix thomas jr um, you'll find me. Also, if you go on Instagram and you search for the financial doctor, that's me. Yeah. Yes, and I posted your email address, felix9144 at gmail.com. Again, felix, F-E-L-I-X, 9144 at gmail.com. And I also posted uh, Dr. Glean's um, email address as well. So you have it, r g l e a n at wiu.edu. I got that right, Doc? You got it right. And of course, you, you just post www.wiu.edu. Simone, I'll, I'll take five seconds. I need to shout out my brother, um, uh, David Vital. Of course, my, my good brethren from back in the day works closely with me and has worked closely with me for many years in helping to facilitate students going off to study. And I have to shout out my rebel brother, I'm Brian Linton, one of my former students as well. Much love, Brian. Always my boy. Yes, yes. Thanks, Doc. Melissa, your final thoughts? Well, I'll just like to give my information again. For single yes. female parents in Dominica, I will be here until September 10th. Um, I need to run to Trinidad and organize my ID so that I can come back and actually assist single female parents continue to because since my IDs are not with me, I cannot, but I can offer my services. So contact me at 767-613-6560 if you need any sort of mental health services as a single female parent. Also, Women of Unique Distinction will be offering um, after-school services um, come the new school term for the Trafalgar area and the Goodwill area. So also you can contact me for those information. Of course, because it is cost free, there are limited spots. So I cannot take everyone, but for those it's a first come first serve basis. So make sure and contact me for your educational support come the new school team. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Thank you to the panel. I think this was a very fruitful discussion. I want to thank you for your contribution, as always, to our programs and for just taking some time off, because I know you all are incredibly busy um, with the work that you do. And I just want to thank our listeners on Q95 Radio, the big station, for being with us, as well as everyone who made a contribution by the Facebook Live program and the YouTube channel. And again, don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook at Q95 FM Radio, as well as Push Person, and on YouTube on Q95 FM Radio. And for all the best in programming, you can always jump on Q95DA.com for live programming, as well as past episodes of the program. And before we leave this evening, I just want to give a quick update on the Dominica Child Protection Society program that we recently started, the movement to stop uh, sexual child abuse in Dominica. You know, our interactive reading program is going very well. As you know, we're using Dr. Shamina's book, and Dr. Shamina was actually 
on CBS Mornings. She was on CBS Mornings on Wednesday. So an incredible opportunity for her to go international. And so far, we've used her book as a tool, an interactive book. Her book, um, If You Touch, I'll Tell, to educate and empower our children. So, so far, we've had... Um, four interactive reading sessions, and we want to thank the Ready, Set, Go Summer Camp, the Girl Guides Associations of Dominica, the Cultural Division, and the Big Sister, Little Sister Summer Mentorship Program for allowing us to be a part of their uh, programs and to empower our children to use their voices to stop the scourge of uh, sexual abuse against our children in Dominica. So we have a lot more to go. So if you're interested in joining the movement, don't forget, you can always email me at pushpast10 at gmail.com, P-U-S-H-P-A-S-T, one zero at zero.com. So as our time together comes to an end, again, thank you to the panel. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you to our Facebook um, contributors. And we will continue to be here each and every, you know, every other Wednesday, every second and fourth Wednesday, as we continue to tap into our Dominicans, friends of Dominicans, adopted Dominicans, uh, we, we tap into their expertise to talk about issues of nat national and personal importance and to provide inspiration, to provide hope for our young people that, you know, the potential for mentorship so that they can take the information that we're sharing this evening and they can create an their own path to success. So again, thank you all for being here. You have yourself a pleasant evening, a good night's rest. Until we see you guys next time, our next program will be September 14th. Melissa, go put that baby to sleep. <laughs> thank you for your commitment. And you have yourself a wonderful evening. I am Simone Matthew. Until the next time, take care. Unmute your mics and say bye. Okay, bye. 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 Thank you, Felix. Thank you, bye. Melissa. Hey, you're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Good Oh, 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 oh,